the Chiefs and NFL schedules for 2020 are out. And if the season begins on time, what a start for the defending Super Bowl champions. Three division champs in the first four games with two on the road for Kansas City. Beat writer Herbie Teope breaks down the schedule on Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Monday, May 11th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. After a break, we'll hear from punter Tommy Townsend. It's not always we post chatter from an undrafted free agent punter, but Townsend has a big task ahead of him. He's the leader to replace Dustin Colquitt, the Chiefs punter for the previous 15 seasons. We'll hear what Townsend has to say about following in Colquitt's footsteps. But first, here's Herbie Teope on the 2020 Chiefs schedule. Herbie, the release of the NFL schedule happened on Thursday, and that is such an occasion now in the NFL. It's it's done in prime time on NFL Network, and it's become quite the show. I can remember... I'm old enough to remember when the schedule came out via a release by the team. You know, that's yeah, that's, yes. that's how you got it. I mean, you, and maybe this in the pre-email days, you know, you basically sent out a release, and and that's how you found out who the you know who who, who your NFL team that you're covering is playing. But now, such a big production, and and it's silly in one respect in that we knew who the Chiefs were playing. We even knew who was the who the home teams were and the road teams were. We just didn't know the order and which games would be prime time. So I guess the first question is, was there anything that surprised you about the order of the games and which games ended up in prime time and which ones did not? I don't think anything really surprised me. The the Chiefs right now, they're one of eight teams with five primetime games, uh, you know, the most in the league, but that's expected. They're the Super Bowl champions. So that didn't surprise me at all. I, the only thing that really jumped out to me when I first got my hands on that schedule was their their opening schedule, their first month. Three of the first four teams are against playoff teams. So I mean, if if, if you from last year at least, if you want to test exactly how good you are, why not line up the best competition? We're talking about the Houston Texans for the season opener. Uh, they get a break in week two against the Chargers, where they travel out to L.A., but then they turn right around and travel back on the road to face the Baltimore Ravens where a lot of prognosticators, analysts, and even us, when we look at the teams in the AFC, we think the Ravens are one of the teams that really built themselves during this offseason to go after the Chiefs. So that's a a stout test. And then, of course, to close out the first quarter of the season, they got the Patriots at home without Tom Brady. So, I mean, that's that's a a pretty good schedule there if you want to see where you are in the grand scheme of things when you're facing three of the four – teams that made the playoffs last year. The good news is, as we all know, the, the Chiefs beat them all last year. They right. lost the Texans in the regular season, but they trounced them in the playoffs. And the Ravens and the Patriots, they beat them as well. Yeah, um, and that, and you know, you you dismissed the Chargers game. I think the Chargers are going to end up being the second best team in the in the AFC West. So that I don't think that's a gimme at all. It's on the road. Uh, although we don't know exactly where. It's supposed to be the first Chargers game, I believe, in, in SoFi Stadium, the new stadium out there. There's some talk about that not being completed. But uh, but you're right, Texans, Chargers, Ravens, Patriots, to open the schedule, not only are they playoff teams, the Texans, Ravens, and Patriots, they were all division winners. So they got so the Chiefs get those three division winners. You know, in, in the way the schedule formula works, first ta- first place teams play first place teams the next year. 
the Chiefs get their first place teams out of the way by week four. So not that the schedule gets significantly easier, but it does it does change for the Chiefs. If you if you apply last year's records to the strength of schedule, the Chiefs are the I think I saw where they're tied for the 18th toughest schedule in the NFL. This is based on the collective one loss records from 2019. The teams that the Chiefs play were a collective 500. The yeah. easiest schedule, I thought this was interesting, the easiest schedule in the NFL based on 2019 record was the Baltimore Ravens. And so why is that? Well, it's because their NFC crossover division this year is the NFC East. <laughs> and uh, so those teams, what, uh, the Eagles were the only one over 500, I think, last year. Um, or you know, everybody was either 9, 7, 8, 8, or, or way below 500. So the Ravens got the easiest schedule and the most difficult schedule based on 2019 uh, record, the Patriots. Um, and the Patriots uh, have that because their crossover uh uh, division in the NFC is the NFC West, which of course 49ers, Seahawks, Rams, tough teams for for the Patriots. So yeah, and the Cardinals they're, they're going to be good this year. Yep, no doubt. Absolutely, I, I totally agree with that. Cardinals are my one of my picks to surprise and and to turn it around. I really I really am pretty high on the Cardinals. If if Clink, if if, Cl- if Cliff Kingsbury, you can easy for me to say if, if he's you know a good enough coach i think they've got a chance to turn things around in uh, in the desert so okay um you mentioned the primetime games that's the opener against the texans on thursday night the ravens game i thought this was interesting it's the only monday night appearance right now for the chiefs in week three against the ravens i think s- some chiefs fans would ask why only one monday night football game for the the super bowl champions when there are three Sunday night or I'm sorry two Sunday nights and two Thursday night games but only one Monday night game why you know Monday at least in most of my life was the that was the the night you wanted to play what's what's changed about that Booger McFarlane I don't know (laughs) (laughs) but it just seems like Sunday nights the that's where the better matchups have been over the last few years and I tend to agree with that and I think it's because you know it's it's easy to flex games out for Sunday night football, and I think that's probably why. Uh, but you are right. Over the over the last couple of years, you've seen a shift of mentality where Monday night was the premier game, but all of a sudden our Sunday night games are, are really taking off. And I think that's – I don't know why that is, but it, it has happened. Yeah, and so but, – but the Chiefs-Ravens, that's the – I mean, to me, that's the preseason game of the year. The two AFC favorites uh, knocking heads in week three, and that is ESPN Monday night uh, primetime game. So one thing that surprised me a little bit, Herbie, was week 15, Chiefs at the New Orleans Saints, 330 or 325 kickoff on CBS. That was not a selected for a primetime game. I was a little bit surprised to see that. Well, here we go with the wonderful flex thing. I think if this game is setting up the way we think it should, you know, and and you know this and everyone who knows me knows this. I've I've picked the Chiefs and the Saints in the Super Bowl for two straight years. I'm going back into the well and I'm going on record right now. I think it's going to happen this year. The third year is the charm. Chiefs versus the Saints in, in the Super Bowl. But this game, it has the capability to being flexed. You know, whether that happens it remains to be seen. Whether we have a season remains to be seen. But I think that's a game that a lot of people are thinking that's a Super Bowl preview. I mean, right. you've, you've got Andy Reid versus Sean Payton. Uh, Tyron Matthew returns home to New Orleans and leads the defense against Michael Thomas, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Alvin Kamara. I mean, 
so many side stories in this thing. Two of the best right tackles in the National Football League and perennial all pros, Mitchell Schwartz and Ryan Ramchek. You know, granted, they're not going to be on, on the field at the same time. But if you like offensive line play, you get to watch two of the best. There's so many storylines going into that game and that if the, if the season sets up the way it should and, and these two are, are on a collision course, that's a game to watch. Yeah, not to mention, you know, the quarterback that has the oh, yeah. uh, the NFL the, the NFL record in career yards passing in Drew Brees, his first match against uh, Patrick Mahomes. So I, I think that's that alone will give that game so much appeal, and maybe uh, maybe CBS will you know will keep, will keep that game at all costs. Um, that is a that is a marquee game, and you're right that. Who knows how the season's going to unfold, but the way it looks right now, um, that's that is a, a absolutely a potential Super Bowl matchup. The other one that's that's kind of interesting to me is um, the, the the Chiefs against Tom Brady and and the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks in Week Twelve. You'll get to see Brady again. Every um, you know where Mahomes hasn't you know met up against Drew Brees and the Saints. This will be, I count them, I think the fourth matchup between the the Patriots and the Chiefs with Mahomes. Uh, not the Patriots, but Mahomes against Tom Brady, Brady yes. uh, including the playoff, uh, the AFC Championship game in 18. They played in the regular season that year, played in the regular season last year with the Chiefs winning in New England. And then uh, and then now the Chiefs go to to uh, Tampa Bay. And, of course, Tampa Bay is, um, you know, even in this COVID world, they've sold a ton of tickets because of the, of the, the trade that brought Tom Brady down. And then, of course, acquiring Rob Gronkowski, and they're they were talking about being the first the first team to play a home game or play a Super Bowl in their home stadium because that's where the Super Bowl is going to be in in uh, in January or February of uh, of 2021. Uh, so that game also has will have a lot of appeal. And again, that one's uh, 325 on CBS right now. I don't know if I see that one flexing out because the week before and the week after the Chiefs play night games on Sunday, uh, primetime games. What do you think? Yeah, and, I, and I think you're right on that. But, you know, the thing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you, you mentioned Tom Brady, and I think this schedule for them, at least, is all about the Brady effect because the Buccaneers also have five primetime games. And when you think of the Bucs, you certainly don't think primetime, but Brady changes a lot there. And this is a totally different Buccaneers teams from the ones that I covered when I was down there in the NFC South because you know, Brady – Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, I mean, he's got some fantastic weapons on the outside there, and he certainly didn't have those kinds of wide receivers in New England. Uh, so th- this that matchup also is, is something to put on the radar because I think that's going to be a fun game. Yeah, it's, you know, just, for, you know, who knows when fans, if fans uh, will, will be in, if, you know, assuming that there's a season, but um, for, for Chiefs fans, the uh, the rotation works out that they they play at the Bucks and at the Saints with the Panthers and Falcons coming to Kansas City. You kind of wish it was flipped this year. I, I remember in 2016 when the Bucks and the Saints came to Arrowhead and Drew Brees, uh, the Chiefs beat Drew Brees. I believe you were at that game covering the Saints for uh, your your first trip back to Arrowhead um, when uh, when you left Kansas City and were covering the Saints at that time. So. Um, yeah, Alex Smith beat uh, beat Drew Brees in that game. So, hey, uh, here's something else that really struck me. I don't know, I don't know if there's, it's significant, but I know the Chiefs are the only team in the NFL with this little peculiarity on the schedule. Listen to this: all of their away games are in clusters. So, 
away away. They yeah. have four sets of away away, right? So it starts with Chargers Ravens in weeks two and three, Bills Broncos in weeks six and seven, uh, Raiders Bucks eleven and twelve, and then Dolphins Saints in fourteen and fifteen. I don't know if that's a. I don't know if that's significant or not. It's just it's just rare or unusual in that. 31 other teams don't have that. At least the Chiefs don't have a spot on their schedule where they're home away, home away. It's always in clusters. And um, But but the Chiefs do end the season with two home games. And I know Andy Reid loves that. He absolutely loves having teams come to Arrowhead in December, especially if they're uh, from warm weather climates. And look yeah. who's coming to Kansas City in weeks 16 and 17, the Atlanta Falcons and the L.A. Chargers. Am I reading it? And, and a team that plays out in sunny California, <laughs> right. right? Am I reading anything into that though? Uh, the fact that they're they're you know they're, they're away games are in clusters is that a is that an inherent advantage disadvantage or um, I, I don't how, well, let me ask you this. Let me put it this way, Herbie. How much input do teams have in their scheduling um, and, and and where where games are played? I, I know there were some factors like uh, you know Oakland always had to work around baseball, the the A's and um, and, and, you know, the, the, some, some teams have had to work around college football, like the, yeah. the LA Coliseum, uh, the home, the, you know, the home stadium for USC. So, um, what, what are, do, do teams have really kind of any influence on, on, uh, where they play games? No, because this is some top secret formula that the league likes to use. They lock guys into the schedule room and let the chips <laughs> fall where they may. And I think, it, you know, it, it worked out well for them. And, and the reason I'm going to say that is simply this. Andy Reid loves setting a routine. When, when you've got back-to-back road games, back-to-back home games, he's the kind of guy that can focus in on that. It's like, this is what we're going to do to prepare for this. Whereas opposed to road game, home game, road game, home, home, away, 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 home, home, you can set into a nice little rhythm here when you know your road games are always going to be back-to-back and then you're home for two more games. I think it works out perfect for him. And, and heck, the Chiefs were seven and one on the road last year. They had a better road record than than home record. So uh, it doesn't seem to matter where, where where the Chiefs play. So hey, and the other thing that that is interesting about the schedule for for the entire NFL this year is there are a handful of teams from from either coast, right? From East Coast teams going west and West Coast teams going east that did request playing, you know, both away games uh, if if they had teams in the same same time zone. Uh, Playing those back to back, so those teams wouldn't have to travel back. It'll make two trips to the the opposite coast. So you'll see the um, you know you'll see the Chargers playing two games in a row in the East and not coming back to LA. And you'll see I, I forgot the other maybe I saw the Patriots. Yes, the Patriots are they play the, the the two I think the two LA teams or the Patriots stay out in 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 the West for a Sunday game and then a Thursday night game. So. I found that to be interesting. The Chiefs don't have to worry about that being in the middle of the country. I look their first away games at LA, their second away game a week later is at, at Baltimore. It's not a travel inconvenience for the Chiefs to have that kind of schedule. They did it last year, right? They opened it uh, at Jacksonville on week two. They were in Oakland, and they they ended up winning both of those games. So there is a little advantage, I guess, to being in the Midwest. Absolutely. You know, one thing that we haven't talked about here, and I'm, I'm don't know if it was on your script or not, but the game that I'm really looking forward to, and you're gonna you're gonna think I'm crazy about this, week six against Buffalo. They're gonna travel up to Buffalo to play the Bills. I think the Bills are gonna be surprising a lot of people this year. So that's Thursday night game. Game. Ooh, so you like that one? You like you I like, like Chiefs Bills? 
Um, two good young quarterbacks. Buffalo. I just like that game. <laughs> Um, well, that, uh, obviously Fox did too, and the NFL did too, to put that on Thursday night at, at 7.20. And, and it just shows, it, it's you know, the Bills have been a playoff team, what, two of the, la- is it two of the last three years now. And um, uh, I, I think they've, you know, if it's not going to be the Patriots in the AFC East, it's, it's going to be the Buffalo Bills. And that is absolutely, a, I, I think, a, a team that you, you would have on your playoff radar going into this season are the Buffalo Bills. So, um, so how would you look, you, we just, we, we've talked about just about every opponent here. What, what is the, it, it, does it go without saying that the, the game against the Saints would be the best quarterback matchup or the Saints or the Bucks with, with Breeze and Brady, two first ballot hall of famers or, or Lamar Jackson, which, which one of the quarterback matchups are you looking forward to the most? Drew Brees versus Patrick Mahomes. That's the one I'm looking forward to the most. If you remember in 2018, the year that Patrick Mahomes won the league's MVP, he overtook Drew Brees because, you know, throughout the first half of the season, Brees was the runaway for for the MVP. Uh, I just want to see that game because I've covered both quarterbacks and I just want to watch that at the Superdome and just that's a popcorn type game. Just sit back and just enjoy yourself. We've already seen we've seen Mahomes versus Brady. Um, we've already seen Lamar Jackson against Mahomes. You know, I think a lot of the young guys will love that game because the way uh, the way Jackson plays the game. You know, but I want to see Mahomes versus Breeze. Yeah, it's one that we haven't seen because you're right. We've seen Mahomes versus Deshaun Watson. We, you know, we've seen him versus Derek Carr. We haven't seen him versus, versus Josh Allen. That'll be interesting. The uh, the Bills game that you mentioned earlier. So. Uh, and we, we've seen Mahomes uh, against Drew Locke. And, and look, maybe maybe by week 14, if not in week one, the Dolphins will be playing Tua Tagovailoa. Tagov- uh, easy for me. We'll just say Tua. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, uh, and, and that'll, you know, who knows? And maybe, who knows, maybe Justin Herbert's the Chargers quarterback by the end of the year. You, you just don't know. Well, we don't see the Bengals on the schedule, so no – uh, no matchup between Joe Burrow and and uh, Patrick Mahomes. So, all right, Herbie. Hey, it was uh, great catching up with you, and we will do it again next week. Okay. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. This question and answer session with rookie punter Tommy Townsend was recorded last Wednesday, May 6th. Early on, he refers to Johnny, that's Johnny Townsend, who preceded his brother at Florida and has been on the NFL roster for the past two seasons. Hey, Tommy, congratulations and uh, welcome to Kansas City. How are you doing? Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm, uh, I'm doing great. You know, I, I couldn't be more excited to, you know, have the chance to play for such an amazing, you know, organization defending Super Bowl champs. So I'm, uh, I'm fired up and I'm re- ready to get to work. 
Yeah, and the question I have is, after the, the, the draft was over, my understanding is you had a lot of offers to go to potentially other teams. What was it about the Chiefs that made you ignore the other offers and you deciding to sign here? Yeah, so, I mean, I've been hearing amazing things, you know, about the Chiefs, um, the coaching staffs, and just the, the culture that, um, you know, the Chiefs organization brings forward. Um, and, you know, so it was, it was always, you know, something, you know, in the back of my mind that that, uh, that told me the Chiefs would be a, a really good spot for me. And, uh, you know, it, it, it played out that way. Let's go to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Tommy. Uh, welcome to Kansas City. Um, I was wondering whether there were any um, punters in your family history, whether it's your dad or grandpa or uncles, cousins, whatever. And if not, how did you and Johnny kind of get into punting? And Brad, I'll have a quick follow-up when, uh, when I'm done here. Yeah, so um... – so yeah, no, there were really no other um, punters in our family. So um, it all kind of started off uh, Johnny's junior year of high school and his team needed a punter. So, uh, so, you know, he went out there and he tried out and he got the spot. And we, uh, one of my dad's friends, um, he actually punted for, for FSU back in the day. And so we went, we got a couple lessons with him and, uh, uh, well, Johnny went and got a couple lessons with him. And then, uh, you know, as he started going through the recruiting process, um, he started picking up some offers. And I kind of decided, you know what, like, I, I can do this too. Why can't I do it? So um, so I kind of followed in his footsteps. And, um, and, uh, and yeah, here, here we are. So it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. I mean, looking back, I mean, as a kid, I can't say that I ever would have thought that, you know, I'd be, you know, a punter in the place I am now. So it's uh, it's kind of cool how, you know, everything worked out. Now you were at Knoxville for what, just one year, right? Just one year. Yes, sir, my friend. I was wondering, um, did you come across Dustin Colquitt at all in your year there? And if not, or even if so, what do you know about him? What, what were your thoughts about him and what he's done in his career? Yes, so, um, so I actually met Britton when I was at Tennessee. Um, he came out and got some work in with us. Um, but you know, I've, I've, of course I've always, you know, heard stuff about Dustin. I mean, he, he's a, he's a legend and, um, you know, not just the punting industry, but for the chiefs and throughout the NFL. So, um, so, you know, just to get, you know, the opportunity to, you know, get to work with him and, um, learn from him. Um, it's just, you know, hard to pass up. Let's go to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Um, I just had a quick follow up to the Colquitt thing. And then one other thing, um, with Dustin, when the team, has been with him for 15 years and, and does decide to move on uh, when you're, you're aboard. Just what did that mean to, to you as far as their confidence in you? Um, yeah, it, uh, it, it definitely meant a lot. Um, you know, like you said, they've, they've been with Dustin for a really long time. Um, so, you know, he's a guy that has, you know, done everything the right, uh, you know, the biggest thing for me is um, I, I'm just trying to make a name for myself and, you know, become my own person. Um, so that's, uh, so that's what I'm, you know, really excited for. Uh, let's go to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Tommy, thanks for doing this. Um, my question is understanding that, uh, you know, the team is going to look for new punters. How much conversation have you had with Harrison Bucker, uh, the kicker and James, uh, you know, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Winchester, excuse Winchester. me, uh, the, the long snapper for the team. Those guys have been on the team for multiple years. Obviously they've had success with Dustin. Uh, just how much have you tried to communicate with them to get some level of chemistry uh, sort of in this virtual period? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I've, uh, I've, I've spoken to them, you know, a lot. Um, and, you know, I think, I think that's a really big thing is, you know, 
having them uh, get comfortable with with me. And uh, so that's, you know, that's kind of one of my main goals is to is to really, um, you know, get comfortable with Harrison and James and, uh, you know, have a really good, smooth, you know, efficient operation. Let's go to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, two, two quick questions for you. Um, first is just, you know, what have been your conversations so far with Dave Tobe and as far as getting to meet him virtually and what you kind of learned about what his expectations are? And then uh, secondly, just how much experience do you have folding in the past? And um, what do you think it's going to take to get you up to speed there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, so answering the first question, um, you know, we've, we've spoken a bunch, but uh, we just finished, you know, the virtual rookie mini camp and um, you know, we, we went over schemes and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I've gotten a little bit of a taste for, you know, what we're doing in Kansas city. And, uh, we've also gotten, you know, I will, I've gotten a chance to, you know, watch all the, all the film from, you know, the past few seasons. Um, and, you know, that's kind of something I, that I've been pushing for and working on is to, um, you know, get a feeling and, um, understanding of, you know, the schemes that we're using here in Kansas city and, uh, just, you know, just trying to learn that. Um, so, uh, sorry. Oh, and the second question was about the holding. Yeah. So, um, so I've been holding since high school. Um, it's something that, you know, I'm, I'm fairly confident in. I, I, uh, I, like I said, I've been a holder since high school. Um, and then I also held my, my, the two seasons that I played at Florida. Um, and, uh, and we did pretty well there. So, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just excited. Like I said, a, a minute ago, um, I'm just really excited to get to work with, Harrison and James and um, try and make, you know, that operation as efficient as possible. Okay, let's go to Roberts. Roberts, go ahead. Hey, Tommy, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. All right, cool. Uh, Robert Remsen, Fox 4. So you kind of spoke to it a little bit earlier with the cold quit thing, but replacing a guy like that, it's got to be a lot of pressure. Uh, have you ever had to try and do anything like that, replace a guy that has, like, so much success? And if so, and if not, how are you going to plan on handling that kind of pressure? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of, I think I did that, you know, at Florida. Uh, I'm not sure if you know, but, uh, my brother, he, um, he led the, um, you know, the country in, in punting average, you know, for two seasons, um, before coming out and he was, he was a legend at Florida. Um, so, you know, I had to come in and, you know, step into his shoes and, um, and, you know, just, you know, perform and do really well. So, um, I mean, I, I think I think I did a decent job, uh, you know, stepping in and filling his shoes. But, uh, but yeah, like I said, um, you know, I'm the chance to, you know, step in after a guy like Dustin. You know, he's an absolute legend. So it's, uh, you know, it's exciting to have the chance to try and live up to, you know, a standard that he's set. Um, so that's that's something that doesn't scare me. You know, it, it excites me. It's a, to me, it's an opportunity to, you know. Um, you know, to try and, you know, do what he's done. Let's go to Mick Schaefer. Go ahead, Mick. Hey, Tommy, I wonder what, what has your brother told you about life in the NFL? I know he's uh, bounced around to a couple teams already, and mm-hmm. life's kind of – it's kind of a journeyman's life as a punter in the NFL. What, what kind of words of wisdom has he passed on to you? Yeah, it's just kind of, you know, just keep your nose down and, and work hard and, um, you know, what's meant to be will be and the rest will follow itself. So, um, so that's kind of my plan going into this is just, you know, do what I've been doing, you know, my whole career is just put my nose down and work and, um, and just, you know, try and be the best player I can be and, you know, develop as much as I can. Looks like we've got a couple more, Tommy. So we're going to go Pete Sweeney first and then BJ, you can close us out. 
In watching some of your film, it seems like you are really willing to run fakes. I, I mm-hmm. one against Vanderbilt in particular comes to mind where you get fired up, kind of look like a running back. Uh, where did that? <laughs> Where did that willingness come from? And has there been any talk already with Dave Tobe about they're willing to do that, some of that stuff here in Kansas City? Uh, so uh, we haven't had that discussion yet. Um, but, uh, but I don't know. I, I've always had, you know, a little bit of fire, um, you know, as a football player. Growing up, I, I played running back. And then in high school, I played corner and safety. Um, so, you know, I've, I've always been, you know, pretty aggressive. And, you know, that's, that's one thing that I think I have um in my mind you know an advantage is I think I'm a little bit more aggressive than you know the typical punter and um I I I come at you know punting with a different mindset that will do it for today thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan Savannah Smith Randy Mason Beth Welsh Jeff Rosen and Chris Fickett cap tip goes to Herbie Teope for hanging out and talking about the Chiefs 2020 schedule links to the stories we discussed can be found in the show notes Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands, and it's a good one, 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage. Here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole bit. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, and the details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That is account.com kansascity.com slash subscribe. Hey, there's something else. Maybe you already subscribe and you want to help more. You can help us there also. For the past two months, no one's covered or told the story of the Kansas City area during the pandemic like the Kansas City Star. And there is a place to simply make a tax-deductible contribution to the Star that will help us continue to report on the coronavirus and how it's impacting our communities. To donate, give to givebutter.com slash Kansas City Star. That's givebutter, G-I-V-E-B-U-T-T-E-R, dot com slash Kansas City Star. All help is greatly appreciated. And whether it's the sports pass, the full subscription, or donation, you're helping us with our news coverage and helping us deliver products like Sports BKC, which will be back on Tuesday. Thank you very much for listening.